Tavish Miley. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. It must be the money, and it has been an eventful week uh, in the economy. Speaking of money, President Biden and congressional leaders have failed to resolve the impending default crisis during a meeting in the Oval Office yesterday afternoon, but plan to meet once again on Friday, we are told. Uh, this is a critical week for negotiations on raising the debt ceiling as the U.S. may run out of money as soon as uh, June 1 if the limit is not raised by Congress before then. And then there's news this morning that the U.S. consumer prices rose 4.9 percent in the year through April, a tenth straight month of uh, declines in inflation. It sounds like good news. We'll ask uh, Dr. Malvo in a moment whether or not it is. Also, this past weekend, a panel here in California created to consider reparations for black residents voted to approve recommendations for the payments of reparations to black Californians for injustices and discrimination stemming from slavery, plus a public apology. I am pleased once again to be joined by noted economist President Emerita of Bennett College for Women and Dean for the College of Ethnic Studies at Cal State L.A., Dr. Julianne Malveaux, to talk about money, 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 because it must be the money. But before we get to the money, uh, I know Dr. Malveaux, and I want to take her take on this. I know she'll want to sound off on this. Uh, we've already been having uh, conversations in our first hour this morning about uh, the news of the uh, verdict, the guilty verdict for Donald Trump yesterday in the sexual assault of Eugene Carroll uh, and defamation of her, the $5 million fine. It's a civil case in case you've just tuned in. We've been talking about this civil case, not a criminal case. So he ain't going to prison, at least not for this. Um, but I, I've been smarting uh, all morning. Uh, Connie Rice agreed with me on this in the first half hour. Uh, Ruben Navarrete even agreed uh, to some extent in the second half hour. And his politics and my politics don't even gel most of the time, even though we're friends and brothers. Um, but I'm just I'm I'm pretty livid. <clears throat> excuse me, pretty livid at CNN. Uh, I'm not naive, but I'm livid that they're going ahead tonight with this town hall the day after uh, this guilty verdict. Mm. Because I see the media, the mainstream media, doing once again, Julianne, uh, what they did the last time, uh, the first time, that is, uh, which is to essentially hand Trump the presidency. Uh, and it could happen once again, uh, because my view is that this thing will have much impact. Um, it's, 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 again, it's civil, not criminal. If anything, it's going to increase his poll numbers with his base and make it yeah. more likely, more likely he's the presumptive nominee uh, Connie put it this way, CNN is out of their mind. They have lost their mind. Uh, but you see the mainstream media giving him all this free press again. I ain't got to color it much more for you. Take the microphone. Talk to me. Travis, I mean, it's absurd. They basically are blowing him up. Any other person convicted of sexual abuse, would the next thing be you're on the mic? Mm -hmm. You know, it would be you were being shamed. Um, he's, being, he's being blown up. CNN, very highly watched. Caitlin is crazy as well to agree to this. She doesn't have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, you, when, when you look at this situation, when you look at the situation and you look at what happened, it's not just E. Jean Carroll. What the, he was convicted of was serial sexual abuse. If she just had gone in there with her own case, which I think was strong, but lawyers will agree or disagree, if she just went in there on her own, what might have happened is there would have been nothing. But there was corroboration, including his pattern comment to uh, his friend that I just grab him by the you-know-what. So we know that he grabs people by the you-know-what. So this notion that he raped her in a dressing room is not outside the realm of possibility. In fact, it's quite frankly there. CNN ought to be ashamed. I mean, 
I've, in fact, I've almost stood with them. And, you know, you and I both started doing media yeah. with CNN. Sure. I've almost stood with them yeah. because this this is just absurd. Uh, first, they start tilting to the right uh, with their new leadership. But th- did they give this man an hour? What, uh, yeah, we know what he's going to say. He's already put his press releases out. He doesn't know this woman. Well, that's a GD lie. She can prove that they knew each other. He, you know, he doesn't, this is a right, the left wing attack on him. Come on, nobody, nobody in the left wing put their hand on your hand and told you to put it on somebody's private parts. Mm-hmm. You know, so basically, he's a liar. He is a proven liar. And CNN loses media credibility by putting that liar on the air. But what is he getting? Half an hour, an hour? Yeah, he's and in, yeah. I mean, but I keep saying a couple hours because you know when they start, by the time they start and finish, they're, they're spending two or three hours talking about it, and his the clips were running again and again. So I, uh, he may not be on there two hours uh, specifically, but the the coverage is going to be multiple hours, and they'll it'll have legs for the next two days. They'll be they'll be pl- showing clips on CNN for days to come. Yeah, exactly. But but here's here's the thing though. I want to be I want to be clear about this and and, and upfront about it. As a member of the media, I'm trying to juxtapose how angry I am with CNN for doing this and giving him a platform and advancing his campaign. Uh, and again, he lost it. He lost to Joe Biden, but we can't forget that he beat Hillary Clinton. And they said that he, that Hillary, there's no way Donald Trump was supposed to lose to Hillary. So we've seen evidence that this can't happen. If the economy starts tanking, we'll talk about that with you later in this hour. If the economy starts tanking, we got this border drama going on. We just talked to Ruben about any number of things can happen between now and the election. Donald Trump could, in fact, be elected once again. And I don't want this audience to think that that cannot happen. It happened before. It could happen again. Here's my point, Malvo. I'm still wrestling, though, with how I juxtapose my feelings about CNN in this moment, which are not dissimilar from yours, with the right that they have to cover this campaign. And he is running for president. What I said, what I said moments ago was, I think there's a distinct difference between covering a candidate and cowering to a candidate. And I see this in the latter category at the moment and not the former. But again, you remember the media. So how do we balance our anger with CNN for doing this tonight, for going ahead with this the day after a sexual assault conviction? How do we juxtapose they're doing that with their right, with their responsibility, in fact, to cover the presidential race? I think that we have to be a passionate critic of CNN, and we have to be very careful to monitor what they're doing. As you say, he's, they're kowtowing to him as opposed to covering him. Mm-hmm. Now, that, does that translate? It's Caitlin Collins. It's not every anchor. Um, but you know that management at CNN basically has a lot to say about what gets covered. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does this crap even um, raise to the spell test? You know, someone had to greenlight this. So whoever greenlit it, and we won't know because that's always hidden, we just, people in the media, and especially critical media, have to watch. And we also have to, you know, Tilda, you said that uh, the man could win again, the orange man could win again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's if our people don't vote. You know, you have a lot of rap, 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 crap, crap, crap talk about Trump, but you have a lot of people, especially black people, who don't vote. Mm-hmm. Whatever you feel you don't vote. And then, Tavis, I'm going to charge you with dealing with black men, many of whom voted for one in six, I think, or one in eight voted for Trump mm-hmm. in the last election. And um, I will put, I'm not, I love my brothers. What's wrong with black men? Why would you vote for someone like that? You know, and there is a, a you know, black women vote for him like one or two percent. 
that's diamond one, silk two. Um, <laughs> but um, black men, you know, it's in the double digits, low double digits, but du- double digits nonetheless. What are brothers saying to sisters about sexual abuse yeah. when they're supporting that man. Let me let, let, let me let me press you on this. Let me, let me press you on this. As a matter of fact, let me let me do this. Watching my clock here. Uh, when we come forward, I want to press you on this. And here's what I want to press on. I hear your charge to me about the black man thing and the Donald voted for Donald Trump. I hear you loud and clear. Um, during the last campaign, we had any number of conversations on this program about that. And I want to tell you when we come forward more about the about the response I got for doing that. There were there were there were women even at my station. I don't I don't. This is not a dictatorship around here. It's it's a it's a democracy in this building, and so everybody has a chance to speak up. There were women who were on the air at this station, uh, who were critical of me even having those conversations because they didn't want to give it any attention. They didn't want to give it light, and so the pushback was, Tavis, you even talking about these black men voting for Trump and why they're doing this, et cetera, et cetera, is putting a narrative out there that we don't want out there. We don't even want to give them any cover. We don't want to give them any time, give them any attention. I got pushback, uh, not just in the station, but beyond. There were people who thought it was wrong to even have that conversation. Here you come raising it boldly now. So when we come forward, I want to just, we're going to talk about that just for a second, about how we address this issue uh, of black men being turned on by Trump the last time, or whether they'll be more turned on by him this time. I hear Malvo's question loud and clear. If you vote for Trump this time around, now you're voting for someone who's been convicted, not accused, but convicted of sexual assault. I hear it all. We'll unpack it when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Let's get back to Dr. Juliana Malvo on KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, before we do that, um, our socials are on fire. Uh, I can see and I'm being told. Um, and one question uh, that I do want to address right quick, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there that I can't get to all of it in this hour. But somebody uh, uh, watching us on our, on our uh, live stream is asking whether or not Donald Trump has to register as a sex offender. I'm getting a legal answer on that, but I think the answer is no, because it's a civil case, not a criminal case. If it were a criminal case, he'd have to register as a sex offender. Uh, I don't believe he does. I do not believe he does, given that this is a civil case. Uh, I'm sure there are a bunch of attorneys listening. Give us a call at 1-800-920-1580 if you know the the legal answer to that question. Call us and just tell Miles the answer, and I can share with our audience. I know there are a bunch of attorneys listening, so somebody will call us right quick and tell us whether or not I'm correct about that. I think he does not have to register as a sex offender because it's a civil case, not a criminal case. Somebody call me and uh, get me straight on that. Um, that said, um, we're talking about, uh, we were talking a moment ago about Donald Trump and Malvo. Dr. Malvo raised the issue of, these black men who voted for Donald Trump. We've been talking about CNN giving him all this coverage, all this free airtime tonight that's going to only enhance his campaign. Um, his poll numbers are going to go up, I suspect, uh, with his base at least. His poll numbers will go up. His fundraising is uh, is increasing as we speak. Um, Donald Trump knows how to work this kind of narrative. So so Dr. Malvo raised this issue uh, charging me uh, you know, to make sure we talk about this issue of black men and why um, a more significant number than should have voted for him the last time around, uh, hoping to arrest that development this time around, assuming that he is uh, the presumptive Republican nominee. Uh, so, Dr. Malvo, I was saying to you that I received a couple different kinds of comments whenever we would talk about this reality the last time around. One, Tavis, the numbers are so minuscule. Overwhelmingly, black men are voting for Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. When you talk about it, um, you're focusing something on a number that's really minuscule that doesn't deserve airtime on KBLA. Secondly, 
um, you're advancing a negative narrative, and we don't want that negative narrative to take hold. You put it out there, uh, it becomes it becomes real. That's just those are just some of the kinds of comments I received when we talked about it. Here you are encouraging me to take it head on. So your response? Well, I, with all due respect to the folks who uh, want to put their heads in the sand, see, let's <laughs> be clear: that man is a phenomenon. I, I try not to even mention his name. I call him the orange orangutan to the orangutan lobby told me to stop doing so because it was disrespectful to them. So uh, so I called, I, after Dr. Ron Daniels, I just called him the orange man. I try not to mention his name. He is a curse word. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that that curse word is a cultural phenomenon. And if we choose to ignore it, we do that at our detriment. I'm not saying that KBLA or anybody should be lifting it up, but this is a phenomenon. And Tavis, you are a very influential black man. Brothers look up to you. So you need to I'm not saying that every day you need to do something, but from time to time. And if you can find some of these brothers to help them unpack you, why would they vote for this cretin? Help us understand that. Mm-hmm. We need to understand that. So, I, like I said, with respectfully, I, I hear what the folks are saying. Don't even mention it. But that's like saying don't mention global warming. It mm-hmm. ain't going away. Yeah. yeah. He ain't going away. Yeah. He is a fact of life. Now, the difference between you tackling it and CNN tackling it is CNN is amplifying him. They really, they really should not be doing it. This is a huge media mistake. Yeah. But they don't care. Their, their, their coverage has tilted rightward. And, you know, I mean, NBC, frankly, in uh, 2016 was doing it. They have him call the Today Show and they just put him on. Mm-hmm. He, he, didn't, but he wasn't booked. And they just put him on, Matt Lauer and whoever, one of them ladies. Let's put him on. Mm-hmm. And that's ridiculous. Um, there's enormous sympathy among men to sexual abusers and harassers, because guess what? Without disparaging all men, many men have done at least something on the continuum. You know, you know me, I'm on a two-hit school. If you ever hit me, you will next hit six feet under. (laughs) If you ever attempt to sexual harass me, you will be sexless. Uh, And that's all real. I don't play but, you know, a lot of women have been acculturated to thinking it's okay. So that's why the E. Jean Carroll case is so important. This is a 79-year-old woman who came forward after she was basically attacked. Her integrity was attacked. I applaud her so much. I really do. But neither here nor there, if this man is to be covered, it's to be covered as a sexual predator in a context of basically sexual predatory natures in the context of predatory capitalism. But that's that's another story. No, it is another story. We're going to get to the capitalism piece in just a few moments here. Let me ask you two other questions, I think, before I move forward here. One, uh, to your point about CNN, and you you don't feel uh, differently than Connie uh, Rice, who was on last hour, or I do. Um, But the question is whether or not you think, for for moving forward with this the day after, because you can trust and believe, you know, KBLA ain't the only talk station in this country where this is being talked about. Uh, all across the nation right now, on social media, uh, on talk radio, all across the nation, people are, are are having their say about whether CNN has lost their mind, whether or not they're doing the right thing to give him this platform the day after. This is not just a conversation at KBLA. The question is, having said that, whether or not CNN pays a price with its with its democratic, more liberal, 
uh, progressive audience. Does CNN pay a price? I asked that question against the backdrop of whether Fox News is going to pay a price for what they just went through with Dominion. Uh, the, the numbers I looked at last night suggest to me, and there have been a number of stories about this, that since Tucker's been gone, their ratings have, in fact, dipped somewhat. Uh, their sponsorship is still strong, but their ratings have dipped somewhat since Tucker's been gone. No surprise there. Tucker had a huge audience. They may rebound from that. Uh, the question is, though, whether Fox News long term pays a price with its audience and whether CNN in this moment will pay a price with its audience. Dr. Malvo. Well, in the long run, I don't think they do. Unfortunately, either one, either one, either channel, either network, either one. OK, the Fox people, the Fox people are far right. Absent Tucker, they still have a whole group of miscreants who will be doing the same thing that Tucker was doing. And so, I mean, Tucker was aggressive, and he attacked management. I mean, I don't think he's being he's gone because of anything other than the fact that he attacked management. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's because of anything else. Uh, you know how management is. You attack, you attack us, it's on. Yep. And so I don't, I don't think that they'll pay as long as they keep their Laura Ingrams and Sean Hannity's and others on the air. They may get a little dip, but not a big one. I think the same thing is true of CNN. I think there are people like I have my TV permanently on CNN and MS. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to take it off CNN, but a lot of people aren't going to take it off. Yeah. You know, we, we love Frederica Whitfield. You know, everybody loves my cousin. She's now in, in semi-retirement, Suzanne Malvo. Mm-hmm. So we follow the personality. So, you know, even though this is reprehensible, um, it, it is what it is. What I would say to mainstream media and also to you, Tavis, is that one of the ways to cover this is to talk to women who have been sexually abused. Mm-hmm. To break it down to the micro level, how did this make you feel? What would you say to young women? How are you inspired by or not inspired by E. Jean Carroll? I mean, then the sexual abuse thing transcends race, transcends generation. You know, people talk about E. Jean Carroll, this happened 50 years ago. What's the big deal? But the fact is that women are scarred mm. by being sexually abused. Do, do, you, do, you think, do, do, do you think the media, the mainstream, and I'm not naive in asking this, uh, and I haven't had a chance to watch television at all today since the verdict, uh, since the verdict um, but do you think the mainstream media will be sensitive enough and smart enough to cover it in that way, or will they do as they typically do, which is to cover the horse race, which is to say the focus will be on Donald Trump and not on hearing the voices of women who uh, E. Jean Carroll won a huge victory for writ large? I think they're going to keep doing what they've been doing. You know, the, the, the rigidity of culture is such that women are second. People don't really even think about the ways that the systematic structural discrimination against women hits us from the top to the bottom. From a little girl who's being told it's okay uh, to be second uh, to her brother, to uh, the grown-up who's being told, I mean, I've been told, I mean, I'm grown-ass, old-ass, um, college dean, former college president. I had a, a faculty member at Bennett tell me I need to act more like a girl. Mm. And I looked at the brother and said, when, when can I expect your resignation? Yeah, I said, like, when can I expect your resignation? But the fact that someone will have the temerity, sexism is so ingrained in us. That is kind of okay for people to say and do things like that. Um, so 
I don't think that things are going to change unless we change them. And like I yeah. said, I, my suggestion to you, you you've got great reach. Have a have a piece or two. Get some of these women who've experienced this, and let's hear from them. How did this diminish you? How did it make you feel? Mm-hmm. Did you tell it? Because what what we know about sexual abuse is that ninety percent of the people don't tell it because they're ashamed. They think that they did something wrong. Let me, let me ask you finally here. Um, I want to uh, shift gears after news, traffic, and sports. Let's wrap this half hour up, and then we'll talk about the money issues that we need to talk about that are uh, quite pressing in this week. And by the way, um, we talked about CNN. Of course, Don Lemon is gone, and uh, at least as I've seen. Uh, no note, uh, no word yet on what Don Lemon is going to do next, but um, it is the case. Tucker Carlson, who we mentioned earlier, has announced he's doing a new show on Twitter. Uh, ironically, <laughs> one of his last guests on Fox News was Elon Musk, uh, and now he's announced he will start doing his own show on Twitter, and Elon, Elon Musk has invited other people, <laughs> other uh, major hosts, uh, well-known personalities, to consider Twitter as a, as a place for hosting their own shows. But anyway, Tucker Carlson has announced he's about to launch a show on Twitter. That said, uh, my exit question here in the two minutes I have left before news, traffic, and sports, and then we'll get into the money, money, money stuff, is whether or not I asked this question of Connie Rice in our first hour today. Uh, now, uh, my exit question to, to Malvo on this subject matter, uh, Dr. Malvo, is whether or not any of this matters with all that we've talked about uh, in oh. this half hour. Does it matter? Is Donald Trump still the presumptive Republican nominee? Doesn't this help his fundraising? Doesn't this help his uh, his numbers with his base? Uh, you look at the Republicans today who've been absolutely silent about this. The only person I've seen uh, say anything is Asa Hutchinson, a former governor of Arkansas who's running for president. He's polling nowhere near Donald Trump. DeSantis has said nothing. Mm-hmm. Nikki, Nikki Haley is a woman. She ain't said nothing. Um, so they've been, at least as I've seen, maybe something broke in the last few minutes. I've seen nobody really say anything as yet. So the ultimate question is, does it ultimately matter? For the hardline Trump base, it doesn't matter. They don't care. I mean, quite frankly, like he said, when he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it, mm-hmm. this is proof of it. Uh, they don't care. Now, do other people care? I think that there is a Asa Hutchinson. He's not going to be the nominee, but it's useful that he's speaking up. Nikki Haley, I'm not going to go down limit on her because yeah. uh, <laughs> he, he was wrong about that. But I, what I will say is that she's ineffective. She's been ineffective. She's been a Trump sycophant. And then to first say, I won't support him. Now I'm supporting him. Now I'm not supporting him. She, you know, her middle name ought to be Yo Yo. So, um, you know, nobody is really thinking about her. She, she's not a contender. Um, I'm looking to hear from the Tim Scott says he wants to run. Really? And you, mm-hmm. black man, think it's okay for, uh, you know, basically an accused rapist and a certainly convicted sexual offender uh, to be the president? But, but the bottom line, Tavis, you know, Trump has got about a, a hard third of the Republican Party supporting him, not because of his sexual peccadillos, but because he is anti-black, anti-woman, anti-gay, anti-immigrant. And there's a whole swath of white Americans who yeah. support that. And so I don't know that it's going to make that much of a difference. Yeah. Um, I think you're right about that, uh, and probably for the reasons you've just articulated. Um, I'm not sure it's going to move the needle, but we shall see in the coming months uh, as we move toward the election of 2024. Uh, but again, CNN giving Donald Trump uh, free airtime uh, tonight 
uh, on their network. When we come forward after news traffic and sports, we'll talk about the money issues um, that are pressing this week. Uh, some serious money news that uh, impacts you that Dr. Malvo will unpack for us when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Public Health. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. Glad to have you tuned in to KBLA Talk 1580, unapologetically progressive talk radio, smart radio for smart people like you. And we're glad to have you tuned in in this hour as we continue our conversation now with our guest, Dr. Julianne Malveau, a noted economist, president emerita of Bennett College for Women and dean for the College of Ethnic Studies at Cal State L.A., as we talk now about uh, some money issues, uh, I said at the top of the hour, I'll repeat right now in case you've just tuned in, uh, that this has been quite the week for the economy, an eventful week to be sure. President Biden and congressional leaders have failed so far to resolve the impending default crisis. During a meeting in the Oval Office uh, yesterday afternoon, they have announced they plan to meet again on Friday. It's also a critical week for negotiations on raising the debt ceiling as the U.S. may run out of money as soon as uh, June 1. If the limit is not raised by Congress before then, then there's news this morning that the U.S. consumer prices rose 4.9% in this year through April, uh, through April, that is, a tenth straight month of declines in inflation. I think that's good news. We'll find out from Dr. Malvo in a moment. Uh, also, this past weekend, a panel, the California Reparations Task Force, um, created to consider reparations for black residents, voted to approve recommendations for the payments of reparations to black Californians for injustices and discrimination stemming from slavery and a public apology. So there's uh, uh, at least four things I've just teed up all related to money, Dr. Malvo. We'll we'll play like Jeopardy and let you pick on the board. Which one do you want to start with first? Let's start with reparations for one reason. Okay. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time. I want to spend some. The California uh, Reparations Commission has done a really stellar job of documenting. They've come up with a number, and the number is – very challenging for a lot of people. When you're talking about millions per resident, it's very challenging. What I want to say to people is let's not get it twisted. You can never repair enslavement. I'm a member of the National African American Reparations Commission. Dr. Grills, who is also part of that panel, sits on. The number is the first step. It's not saying give everybody $5 million today, but it's a first step of quantifying what happened to black people. So let's look at it as a first step, not as a demand. Quantifying. So, so the mainstream media has got caught up in, oh, black people want all this money. Uh, no, well, black people are owed is all this money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about what happened to the Japanese. They got 20000 each. They were owed a lot more than that. It was a step forward. Let's look at this as a step forward and not get caught up in, you know, which people like to do with as black people because of stereotyping. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of, they want money. We deserve money. We do deserve to see the wealth gap, gap close. But I, I think I, if I were their PR person, I would have managed this differently, but I'm not. But their report is solid and it's right on. And let's not deal with the number so much as the content. How, how, to, to your point, it's a brilliant point. I wanted to go there, so I'm glad you, you, you teed it up for me. How do you think the way the money issue is being framed uh, is going to hamper, uh, for lack of a better word, what the legislature uh, ultimately will do? Hamper, impede, you pick your own word. But how's it going to impact what the legislature ultimately does, the way this thing is already out the blocks, been framed as a money grab? 
I think that the legislature, I'm hoping that whomever on the legislature, they're great people. Uh, you know, of course, Shirley Weber did a lot of work on this, uh, Steve Bradford, so many others. Mm-hmm. I hope that they frame it the way that I did. Let's start with the harm. Let's not start with the money. Let's start with the harm. And let's get to the money. But we have to start with the harm. The most important thing, quite frankly, is the acknowledgement of the harm to me. And the question of what do you do once you acknowledge the harm? If you agree that there's harm, then what do you intend to do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, we will see how they frame it, uh, because now that the uh, California Reparations uh, Commission, the task force, has made their recommendation, um, the legislature now steps in. And as I've said many times on this program, what happens in California politics either cast a long <laughs> shadow or a long sunbeam across the nation. The whole country is watching California. Uh, I am not, not shocked at all. I'm not surprised at all, but I, I, I'm, I'm, it is interesting to me to see all of the articles being written uh, in national publications, in papers all across the country, nowhere near California, but everybody's writing, talking about, opining on, commenting on, what's about to happen in California. Trust and believe the whole nation is watching um, the Golden State, uh, as it were, and we will see uh, what happens and uh, when we move forward and how the, re- the legislature handles this and whether or not they take uh, Dr. Malvo's advice uh, to start with the harm before you get to the money. Uh, I hear her point, uh, I'd only say this, um, that <laughs> it's already started out wrong. <laughs> we're all, all we're talking about is the money. It's already, it's already been framed that way. So how, you get, how do you reverse it now and put the harm in front of the money? I don't know since the money is all the only thing people are talking about but i digress on that for the moment speaking of money let's go to the economy um so um the president and and uh, the speaker mr mccarthy uh met uh yesterday uh, dr malvo nothing came of that but this uh default crisis is 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 impending your thoughts it's impending and it's frightening at some level we cannot default on our international debt that we incurred there's two separate issues here you and i both have american express cards mm-hmm. they don't they don't give you a limit until they give you a limit <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> you go you go but wow they're like okay y'all <laughs> calm yourself down <laughs> you can't have no more money <laughs> but at the same time that's old money. You got to pay back the old money. Will they let you do new money? Usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same is true with any other credit cards. You got a limit and you start talking about the limit, you still have access. We are looking at two separate things. One is the debt ceiling, which really deals with our old money. The other is what we owe, which deals with our new money. Mm-hmm. The Republicans want to combine the two and say, well, we won't give you back your old money, which frankly, Republicans spent up the debt ceiling was raised three times under that orange man, three mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And Democrats didn't push back because we've always honored our debt. Now, why would they pull this stunt under President Biden? Well, you know the answer to that, Taft, mm-hmm. he's smarter than me mm-hmm. some days. Uh, you know, it's political. They want to embarrass President Biden and push us to the brink. Uh, Yellen actually pushed us. We all thought this was going to be mid-June. She said, no, June one. That's what, three weeks from now? Mm -hmm. And there's no progress? I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that already we've damaged our international uh, vision. No one in the world ever thought the United States would even have a conversation about defaulting on their debt. So already there has been some tarnishing of our reputation, which has already been totally tarnished by our international nonsense and so much other nonsense. 
but we've tarnished ourselves. Um, and I say ourselves, you know, I usually say them. But this United States economy is all of our economy. Mm-hmm. If we choose to go into default, um, that has international reverberations, world recession reverberations. So, so if we choose, if we choose, I'll finish your point. We, yeah. If we, if we choose to let McCarthy have his way and cut across the board, except defense, by twenty two percent, it also it has if, anyone who's listening. Have you and me and everybody else. We have reverberations of what happens if food stamps are cut by 22%. The number of people who are asking for services is going to increase, but that's going to be cut by 22%. And anything you can think of, Medicaid, 22%. So we can't let that go down. Yeah. McCarthy, but McCarthy doesn't want to blink, blink, and that's where it is. He doesn't want to, but you and I both know uh, this is all about political brinksmanship. Um, he doesn't want to blink, um, but... Um, he also, I don't think, wants to pay the price uh, for being responsible for the U.S. defaulting. You, the, the last time something similar to this happened uh, during the Newt Gingrich era, which you, you which you recall uh, vividly, uh, Gingrich paid a heavy price. He was he was it, it was Gingrich and it was Gingrich versus Clinton then. It's McCarthy versus Biden now. We know how this ended for Newt Gingrich. Does McCarthy really want to go there, Doctor Malvo? Well, he shouldn't want to go there. Especially when you think about, you know, what I see about this, uh, Republicans are uh, declaring war on their own constituents. Mm-hmm. See, people keep wanting to act like Medicaid, food stamps, that's black people, that's Democrats. Hell, poverty cuts across all lines. That's right. If he chooses this 22% thing, how many Republicans in Vermont, in West Virginia, in Mississippi are going to get hit right away? It's going to be a lot. So while they will vote their ideology, when it hits their pocketbooks, they will vote that too. Mm. When we come forward, uh, we'll talk a bit more about this debt ceiling and this, uh, again, uh, brinksmanship uh, politically that's being played out right now in Washington between the president uh, and the speaker who are meeting again on Friday. But also I want to get Dr. Malvo's take on uh, these numbers out this morning. Uh, that show that uh, for 10 straight months, we've seen a decline in inflation. Uh, a lot to unpack when we come forward. Dr. Julian Malvo on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. So, Dr. Malvo, uh, this news came out this morning that uh, the U.S. consumer prices rose 4.9% in the year through April, a 10th straight month of declines in inflation. I think that's good news. Yes? No? It's very good news. Uh, what we knew is that inflation hit a spike. Part of it was supply chain stuff. Part of it was other stuff. Uh, a lot of people said there was too much money out there. I don't agree with that, but there was money out there. And what we saw is things have been dampening for any number. It's very good news. At the same time, what does Jerome Powell think? Mm-hmm. What does the Fed think? Uh, they Just a week before this good news, they raised the interest rate again a quarter of a point. A quarter of a point is better than we've seen in the past. I think that what we're hearing from the indicators is that the inflation crisis is waning. But the question, Tavis, is whether it's waning quickly enough. Mm-hmm. It is waning, um, and that's, that's very good news. But is it waning quickly enough? Is it even as we see less inflation, if, I, you know, you and I probably don't go to the grocery store that often. Yeah. I certainly don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't either. Yeah. Not too There's often. There's this thing yeah. called 
that this is thing called DoorDash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> yeah, but but folks who do go to the grocery store are still seeing higher egg prices, higher prices of other areas. That has not dropped for them. So if you Obama with three kids. The fact that inflation is waning hasn't hit you yet. Mm -hmm. And so you basically are feeling some kind of way about what the economy is doing. I think that we should all be feeling some kind of way about this economy because there are some challenges with it. But there is economic good news. The problems are, of course, the markets, the national, international markets, Mm -hmm. the stock market and what's going on, uh, the debt ceiling shit, which, excuse me, this debt ceiling nonsense, which is really uh, basically hitting a lot of people in a lot of different ways and causing a lot of economic uh, uncertainty. And the uncertainty, um, we should be good news, inflation waning, not so good news, how does it trickle down? Mm -hmm. That's always a question with the economy, Tavis. How does it trickle down? Yeah. Um, Here's the reason uh, I I always have you on, uh, uh, because I need you to explain things to me that I don't quite understand when it comes to the economy and comes to numbers. So how can we be experiencing... And so, so, so forgive the, the sophomore, the perhaps sophomore nature of my question. How is it that we can now be told that we're experiencing 10 straight months of decline in inflation? And yet, and yet everywhere I look, I keep hearing recession talk. Well, the recession talk is real because it's not just because of inflation. It's not just because of lower unemployment, which we know uh, last week we saw another 250,000 jobs created. It's because, first of all, part of the economy is like voodoo. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, what are people perceiving? And so I can tell you that inflation rates are dropping. You can talk to Shaniqua, who says, but when I went to the grocery store, I spent 10% more than I spent last month. Mm-hmm. So that inflation rate dropping has not affected her. Mm-hmm. Um, the increase in the uh, federal interest rate from the Fed means that New couple trying to buy a house are now going to see $600 more tacked onto their mortgage. So while inflation rates are dropping, interest rates rose. And that's they're connected. Interest rates rose to try to tamper, tampen down inflation. But for a young couple or not so young couple mm-hmm. who's trying to buy a house, it's become more unaffordable. So people are hovering around, are we going to have a recession? And economists are split. Mm-hmm. Um are split. I I just tell people, look, handle your business, save your money. If you lose your job, make sure you have six months worth of money to take you through it. Don't trip about. I mean, the national news is important, but how you live your life and manage your money yeah. is equally important. Nope, I take your point. When we come forward in our remaining moments with, uh, with Dr. Judy Malvo, um, we'll come back to the president uh, because this is, for better or worse, his economy. When you're the president, if the economy is doing well, you get the credit. If it's tanking, you get the blame. So it is his economy. And I want to ask her two questions. Uh, one, uh, at this point, uh, as he's already announced he is seeking re-election, what she uh, makes of President Biden's stewarding of the economy to this point, uh, number one. And number two, if this economy starts to tank, um, my sense is that that is going to bode well for one Donald Trump, the presumptive Republican nominee. We'll talk about that in our final moments when we come forward on KBLA Talk 15. Right now. Right now. It right does now, indeed right for the next uh, three minutes uh, with Dr. Julianne Malvo. So, Dr. Malvo, I don't need to tell you this. You know this stuff better than I do, that uh, uh, most fellow citizens tend to vote uh, pocketbook issues. Uh, two questions, uh, and I'll get out of your way and let you wrap this hour up. 
Uh, one, at this point, what do you make of President Biden's uh, stewarding of the economy? As I said earlier, when you're the president, for better or worse, it's yours. you got to defend it one way or the other. Uh, and if this thing starts to tank, uh, there again, any number of issues that could happen between now and Election Day. But one of the reasons I said earlier in this conversation, it is not a foregone conclusion that Biden wins re-election because anything could happen. And uh, uh, the, the guy that you don't want to uh, refer to by name, uh, could be back in the Oval Office, but I digress. Your thoughts? Well, I think you're right. The the buck stops here. The econ- it's the economy stupid. We have all these uh, expressions from previous presidents. Uh, it is President Biden's to screw up, and th- the problem is that it's not his. In that, in fact, that there are external forces that will help him screw up. He can't control um, inflation or the economy. He can put money here or there. But right now, there's a limited number of places he can put money, given the debt ceiling crisis. So I think that he's going to have to walk softly. He's going to have to be very, very careful. Um, but he can't be timid. Careful, but not timid. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's in New York today. I haven't seen anything. I know he's here. Uh, yeah, I'm on the West Coast. But he was doing a speech uh, sometime today to talk about inflation and the economy. Uh, you know, to his natural constituency, which is union folks. Mm -hmm. And I think people will support him, but he's got to show something. You know, the younger generation, Tavis, and you know this very well, it's not about what you did, it's about what have you done for me lately. Mm -hmm. And uh, lately, we're seeing a labor market weakness. We're seeing a number of things that would push people towards the orange man or more impactfully toward not voting. Yeah. And that's because the margin is not in Democrats or Republicans. The margin is independent and people who stay home. Yeah. I think I think of my friend Jesse Jackson, uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, who has said many times, I love this line, he says, Tavis, uh, we lose too many elections. Our people lose too many elections by the margin of our absence at the polls. Mm-hmm. We lose too many elections. Yeah. By the margin of our absence at the polls, can't nobody turn a phrase like Jesse Jackson. Uh, let me ask you right quick in 30 seconds, um, given this political brinksmanship, the thing that everybody's paying attention to, uh, President Biden, uh, Speaker McCarthy meeting again on Friday. What do you think ultimately happens with um, with this debt ceiling? Uh, not much, frankly. I think that McCarthy is going to try to push it to the last minute. I think, again, his intransigence uh, hurts us internationally. But I don't think that I have not seen any indication that anything is going to change. I've not seen any indication. Well, we'll leave it there uh, until we know more. And when we know more, we will dial up Dr. Julianne Malveau <laughs> ask her to come back on and explain to us what just happened or what just didn't happen. Until then, Dr. Malveau, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you soon. All the best to you. Always. Thank you. Appreciate you. And congratulations on the anniversary. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for saying that. Uh, when we come forward, and I found out today, the Cleopatra uh, controversy. Was she black? Was she not? Does it matter? Mm. Dr. Rebecca Futu Kennedy joins us in the next hour of Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580.